It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host. And uh, this is a beautiful day because we are here to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ and his glorious resurrection. And we are here to proclaim him as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. This is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and that's what we've been doing now for well over 20 years on Sunday mornings. We have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And, uh, well, this is show number 1,160 today. That's a lot of talking. But we've had one theme through all these years, and we've interviewed a lot of people and talked about a lot of things. We've always talk about the church, and we use that as the focus of what we do, And uh, because the thing is, we are Christians, and uh, Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, because we are the church, and uh, well, it's kind of like uh, I've heard Songs that talks about the flag of the American flag. And you remember how it talks about it's been battered and bruised and it's been uh, through difficult times? Well, the church is kind of that way too. We've been battered and bruised and uh, we've had our tough times. We've had our good times. Right now, I'd say we're going through one of our tough times. I'd say that this is a this is a time of challenge for the church and for Christians. And I see uh, a generation that uh, has come to a place to where we are getting older. And uh, I've seen many of the, of the ones that were mentors to me that have already passed on. They've already gone to glory. And now we see a new generation on the horizon. And uh, well, it's interesting to me. It's different. In a lot of ways, it's different. I hope it's the better. I don't always know because I'm not always involved in it. I'm kind of a, a witness on the sideline because my generation and the way that we did church and the way that we've presented the gospel, those things are changing. And I, I have that knowledge, that understanding in my mind. I'm very much aware of it. But, uh, well, there's things we want to talk about, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. I do want to remind you that, uh, well, if you'd like to be a guest on this show, the invitation is out there. I love having guests to come in and talk about their passion. And uh, whenever I talk to someone about potentially being a guest on the show, and they ask me the question, they always do, what, what are we going to talk about for a Hour. What are we going to talk about? And I say, we're going to talk about your passion. 
What is it that you are passionate about when it comes to the kingdom of God? What's God doing in your life and your ministry? Are you serving God in some capacity? Well, we want to talk about it. We want to talk about your passion. And if indeed you are, then this is your opportunity right here. Sunday morning, 8 o'clock, you come and we'll pre-record the show and we'll have it ready for Sunday morning, 8 o'clock here on 94.1 on your radio dial. And uh, I'm also a pastor. I pastor Freedom Road Christian Ministry 720 Capital Circle Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza. You might say, well, Pastor King, where is that? Actually, it's quite easy to find because we're right on Capital Circle, Capital Circle Northeast, and we are between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. Well, Easterwood Drive, that's where you turn into Tom Brown Park there by the armory. And, uh, of course, you know where Park Avenue is, so if you're just heading toward Park Avenue, look for our sign on the right-hand side of the road. Turn in there. We're in a storefront church. We love visitors. That would be such a joy to us to have you come worship with us on a Sunday morning, 11.05. That's when we start. F-R-C-M dot U-S. That's how you find us on the web. And uh, something else, you can find these broadcast on podcast. If you go to your podcast and type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee, they'll come up, and you'll find all kinds of content there. There'll be the daily broadcast, which airs here on 94.1 at uh, 11 o'clock Monday through Friday. It's a daily Bible teaching. And then you'll find the talk shows on there as well, and there's a whole, 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 whole bunch of them there for you. Lots of content, and uh, well, if you're traveling someplace and you like to listen to a podcast, well, that's a good time to just plug it in and just let it play, and I will assure you that it'll still be going, whatever it is that you get to wherever you're going. There's a lot of lot of podcast uh, information there for you, so that's just for your information. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. There's something on my mind, as generally there are, and sometimes I'll have something that will be brewing for a while, and, uh, and maybe for two or three weeks in a row we'll have guests, and of course I won't be talking about these things. And then when I finally have time to where I don't have a guest in the studio and it's just time for you and I just to have a conversation, that I get to share what's on my heart. And... Uh, it kind of came to a peak when I came across a verse. And I've told you before that I am a committed daily Bible reader. And that comes from conviction when the Holy Spirit uh, took me down to the altar on a Sunday morning back in 2009 and um, chastised me for my lack of discipline in reading his word. And I made a commitment, and I've kept that commitment. And so by being a daily Bible reader, that I 
have opportunity for the Holy Spirit to illuminate portions of his word as I go along. And it just fascinates me because these are scriptures that I have read before. Because like I say, I'm reading through all the time, especially the Gospels, because I go through the Gospels about every uh, right four months, I'm reading through the Gospels. And so keeping those scriptures fresh in my mind. But as I was reading through the book of Romans, that very, very familiar scripture just jumped out at me. And you know it. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. You know it. You've heard it. And it's one of those that, well, we kind of tuck it away because it's convenient to use that scripture quite often. But uh, I don't know that I've ever just taken the time, uh, as they would say in a, in sports analogy, to break it down, to break it down, because it's a very short uh, scripture. But nevertheless, it uh, it began to speak to me because the word really that jumped out at me more than anything is the word all. <laughs> I mean, think about this. That that has a a definite finality to it. The word all. In other words, no exception. That means every human being that's ever walked on this planet except for our Savior has sinned. Now the truth of the matter is I don't know that everybody even gives that a consideration. And for somebody to come to salvation, they have to accept that premise. And uh, I don't know that I've ever had a conversation with anybody about it, quite honestly. But just think about it. For a person to come to a place where they're willing to accept God's provision of salvation, then they have to be willing to acknowledge that they've sinned, that they're, they've fallen short. And uh, I'm, I, I just imagine that's probably a difficult thing for people. So now for somebody like me, who's, uh, I'm just churched. I've been churched all my life. And it's also kind of interesting as to try to comprehend exactly how much uh, information and how many concepts of Christianity just kind of got into me by <laughs> almost like osmosis. I mean, how did all of these things become a part of who I am and my being? Well, it obviously has come from years and years and years of being in uh, Sunday school, uh, listening to a preacher, and just listening to conversations among church people in my own family. It just became a part of who I am and, and, and my belief system. And so the the fact that I accepted the fact that I'm a sinner doesn't come as a shock to me. And it, 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 it doesn't even come to be something that never occurred to me. I know it because I've been taught this all my life by either being uh, reading the Word or, like I say, through preaching and, and uh conversations, I have come to that reality. 
that I am a sinner. So to say all have sinned, then that recognition of sin. Now, comes another issue, and uh, this fascinates me. Is it what is the interpretation of sin? What is sin? Well, I'm just kind of pausing here for effect to, to give you an opportunity to just kind of think about it for a few seconds here. Exactly what is sin? And can you describe it? Can you give a clear definition to somebody that this is sin? Well, we can we can start thinking uh, or naming things. We can say, well, that's a sin, and that's a sin. And, oh, that over there, oh, that, that's definitely a sin. And and there are some things that we would all agree with. Well, that's sin. Or let me let me back up just for a second. I believe there was a time, and I spoke about this just a few minutes ago, about the, the generations, when uh, everybody was pretty clear about certain sins. Well, that's not the case these days. So, I mean, let's, let's look at this. I remember when I was a child, growing up in a little rural church that uh, didn't have bathrooms in it. We had out, out, outdoor uh, privies. <laughs> and somewhere along the line, I heard somebody say, well, I think it would be a sin to have a, a bathroom in the church. Well, that was silly. You know it's silly, and I know it's silly. But the thing is, is that there are things that one person might say, well, that's a sin. And this person over here would say, no, I don't, I don't think that'd be a sin. And so we have that kind of a uh, loose interpretation sometimes. What is it that our Brother Paul was referring to when he said, all have sinned? Well, of course, if you read or have read the Bible, the Bible talks about sin all the time. And uh, then we throw in the uh, issue of grace. And uh, to me, I think that would confuse a lot of people because grace is, is what's a, a definition you've heard, I've heard. It says unmerited favor. Grace just simply means you didn't deserve forgiveness, but God has granted you forgiveness and pardon for your sin. So we as Christians, we think very highly of the doctrine of grace because we do, <laughs> if we truly are believers in, in Christ Jesus and we truly are Christians and we have embraced this uh, sentence that all have sinned, that means you, that means me, but I have mercy because of God's forgiveness. And of course, as Christian people, we believe that the forgiveness of sin is based upon the death 
of Jesus Christ who lived the life without sin as a sacrifice, a sacrifice of God. As the scripture says that God sent his only begotten son to the earth because he loved humanity for him to die on a cross. The scripture says he became flesh and dwelt among us as the son of God who would go to the cross of Calvary, bear our sins to that cross, and then sprinkle his pure, righteous, holy blood on the mercy seat in heaven. And there he has brought for us the possibility of dealing with our sin. So let's go back to what is sin? Well, I think most of us would say sin is rebellion against God. And it comes from a rebellious heart. But yet, to absolutely define it is, I think, sometimes very difficult. However, there's concepts that we find given to us in the New Testament, mostly by writers such as the Apostle Paul and Peter, that talks to us about walking in the Spirit. And this is a very essential part of our belief as Christians, the concept of walking in the Spirit. We say, well, Pastor King, what does that mean? Well, when we say we walk in the Spirit, that means that we are led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us what I would refer to as a God conscious. This God conscience just tells us as the Spirit of God leads us. And he brings conviction in our heart when there's that which would violate what God would say, this is right, this is wrong, this should not be a part of your life. And that conviction that would come into your heart and you, and you sense and you know that, that this is not pleasing to God. God is not happy with this. But you push on and you go ahead and do that anyway. And the violation of your spiritual conscience, well, that, my friend, is sin. Scripture says that he that knoweth to do right and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And, uh, well, you say, well, what if that happens? Well, Scripture tells us. This is, this is the Scripture we're working off of here today. For all have sinned. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Scripture also tells us that the gift of God, the gift of God is forgiveness. The gift of God, the gift that God has given to us is the way of being able to deal with this issue of sin in our lives. And that has to do with a contrite heart and asking for God's mercy. 
Let's listen to Monty Lane Allen. He can sing as a song. It's called My Sins Are Gone. Now listen to it real close, okay? Thanks to Calvary, my sins are gone. That's true. Thanks to Calvary, my sins are gone. And I told you this uh, a few weeks ago when I was doing the show by myself here. I understand that uh, on the podcast, our uh, podcast listeners don't get the song. They'll get uh, just a snippet of it, but they won't get the whole song. So I have to tell you what Mr. Moneylane Allen was saying he said that uh, first of all to understand that uh, God's word is true he says God's word is true and God tells us about his son and if you read the scriptures it'll tell you about what God did to deal with this issue of sin and uh, how that he sent his son Jesus to become flesh and dwell among us We know the story, we call it the Christmas story, of how Jesus Christ was born as a a baby, and he was, uh, um, well, let's say his father was the Holy Spirit, and uh, his mother was a young lady named Mary, and he was born, and the proclamation of wise men and angels that proclaimed him as, well, God, <laughs> the Son of God. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And how that Jesus Christ uh, lived for 30 years on this earth, God preparing him for his public ministry, which began at the Jordan River, where he was baptized by John the Baptist, and then a time in the wilderness, a time of uh, shaping and developing him a time of confrontation with the evil one, a time of victory, and how that he came out of that time, 40 days and 40 nights of fasting and praying and confronting the devil, he goes to the synagogue and he says, as he reads the scriptures, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to preach the gospel and to bring deliverance to the captives, and to bring healing to the poor. And thus he launched his, his ministry. But it's key to what he says. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now understand that he's deity. He is the Son of God. But the deity is set aside that he would walk under the power and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And this is where we have that that uh, phrase that we had a few minutes ago, walking in the Spirit. So I take you back to the time that a person or an individual, this may be you, that uh, you're unaware of sin, you're un- unaware of, of God's sacrifice, and you're walking around out there in life and... Uh, Maybe there's something that's just not right in your life. Down deep, there's just a deep dissatisfaction. You're troubled. Perhaps you're having 
difficulty in life that may look like a well, you may be out of a job. You may not have any uh, ability to, to provide for yourself. Or perhaps maybe you're in a marriage situation. It's going sour. Maybe there's trouble with the children. I mean, all kinds of things. And uh, something is just not going well. Well, the thing is, is that if you are living and walking just strictly through your natural self or carnal self. That's what Scripture refers to it as being walking in your carnal man. In other words, you have not come to the reality of the possibility that there's a spiritual existence in this world. And some people would say, oh, I, I just don't believe that at all. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe this thing that there, there's something going on in the spiritual world and that there's just, I just can't believe that. But yet, I could take them <laughs> into a room and turn on a device, and there'd be images. There'd be images there on that in that device. And you'd say, where's that? Where's that coming from? Where's that coming from? Are they in the next room? No. Those images that you see on that screen, those people may be hundreds and hundreds, or maybe thousands of miles away. But yet, <laughs> I know this sounds so strange. They're there in the atmosphere. Those those images are able to travel and come to where you are. So you know that there's things that can happen up there in the, it's a, I'm going to call it the spiritual world for lack of another way to express it. But the thing is, there is a spiritual world, and there is spiritual activity taking a place all around you, whether you realize it or not. And that the Scripture teaches us that everybody has a spiritual person within you. Now, in, in many cases, this it's being suppressed through doubt and disbelief. And a person says, I don't believe this, this whole God thing. And they say, well, I'm a I'm an atheist, or I am an agnostic. I don't, I don't believe in God, or I'm not sure about God. But yet, you know that there's something live, alive within you. And I think it's fascinating that we can lay down in our beds, or maybe not even that, you just, you just fall asleep sometimes, and you're consciousness or your subconsciousness just kind of goes into uh, something strange. We call it dreaming. And we wake up and you remember the dream. And, and sometimes they're very troubling and disturbing. Sometimes they're dreams that uh, forecast things that perhaps maybe It'll be an answer to something that you're dealing with in your life. Well, if, you, if you've ever experienced that, then how could you say that there's no spiritual activity going on? Because we can't understand this. Uh, I'm sure there's some uh, doctor somewhere that can give us some kind of an explanation, and maybe so. I've never heard it. But it is kind of hard to explain how that our 
consciousness and just go into a state of subconsciousness and we can have things occur in our mind. Is it our heart? Is it our soul? It occurs and we can't explain it. But if you're like I am, I have woke up from dreams before that were so real to me that it would affect my thinking sometimes for days and maybe even change my life. Well, a person who, through the challenges of their life, realizes there's something just not right, and they would be willing to just let God come into their heart and begin to reveal him. As Jesus talked about with the uh, the third chapter of John, where a man came to Jesus, his name was Nicodemus, he came to him at night because he was a learned man who was high in the church. <laughs> he was a ruler of the Jews. He had a very high position. And uh, a lot of times when I challenge people about this, I say, what was it that Nicodemus asked Jesus or wanted Jesus to tell him? People say, well, he wanted Jesus to tell them how to be born again. I said, nope, nope, go back and read it again. Because that's not what Nicodemus came asking about. What Nicodemus wanted to know from Jesus, when he came to him at night, he said, Master, how do you do these miracles? He wanted to know about the miracles. And Jesus explained to him that the only way that you're going to understand about the miraculous is that you have to accept it in the spiritual world because there is no explanation for it in the carnal world. When, when somebody is sick and they're touched and then they are healed miraculously, I'm talking about instantaneous you cannot credit that to the hand of a doctor or anything else. You can only say, well, that was something extraordinary, something that can't be explained. And the only way it can be explained is through the spiritual. This is the hand of God. This is the hand of the Holy Spirit at work. When you read in the Bible about a man who had 40 devils in him. Forty devils. Or you read about a woman named Mary Magdalene that had seven devils in them. I'm talking about demons. And uh, you can only imagine what these people look like. I mean, the description of the uh, man they called Legion because there were so many devils in him. He was wild. And he was uncontrollable. He was exceptional. He was so strong they could not put chains on him that could hold him. And he was cutting himself. And he was crying out in agony all during the night. They kept the whole village up, night after night, night after night. And then Jesus commanded those devils, well, that can only be done in the spirit. That's a spiritual thing. And so for a person to deny spiritual activity, 
that's not even smart because it happens. And so when a person comes to that place in their life to where they accept the role of spiritual activity, and then something miraculous happens. Because when God opens their heart to the possibility of spiritual things, all of a sudden they can begin to comprehend God. And see, that's what happened with Nicodemus, is that Jesus is telling these things. And then Jesus said something that I kind of chuckle every time I read it. Jesus said to him, they said, uh, you are a ruler of the Jews. In other words, you are in charge of, of all of these people, and you are in charge of their relationship with God. I said, how can you be in that position and not know these things? <laughs> and uh, Well, I think that's a good question. And this issue of sin, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And uh, I think we have to go back to that question of what sin is because in so many ways it's, it's a little confusing, but the truth of the matter is, is that when God opens our spiritual eyes, he will show us what sin is. And he will convict our heart in such a way that our hearts will be broken because we realize that we have violated our relationship with God and he convicts us and that's a wonderful thing because then once the conviction comes we're able to make our confession and ask for his forgiveness his mercy and his grace and uh, God allows that to happen that we can be forgiven then it's in the Savior's hands. Hallelujah. It's the inspirations. It's good to know it's in the Savior's hands. That's right. It is good to know that it is. It's in the Savior's hands. And for all of my podcast friends who did not hear the song they just simply say that uh, to, deal, to deal with the issue of sin we have to put it in the Savior's hands <laughs> and uh, if we do that he will show us the way and he will lead us to mercy and grace and I have a, a friend of mine who uh, went to Bible college with him he, he lived in my house for a while, I had a house that uh, I bought in Pensacola when I was in the Navy, and uh, used to have uh, guys from the ship that would, when we were in shore, they'd stay there and they'd pay me, and then did the same thing when I went to Bible college. And uh, well, he became a missionary to India and spent many, many years there. But uh, he came on the talk show, this show here, and he talked about his conversion and. Uh, he described himself as being a uh, egghead, very smart, and uh, was attending uh, attended Auburn Univers- University. And uh, we talked about his conversion. He said that uh, he was walking across campus one day, 
and uh, he saw a guy that he knew, used to know real well, but he hadn't seen him in quite a while. And uh, as he approached, and they greeted, and they talked a little bit, he realized, he said, there's something different about this guy. He's changed. And so he began to question his friend. He said, what's happened with you? And uh, the friend said, well, I came to Christ. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And immediately my friend wanted to start arguing with him. He wanted to confront him about it. And uh, the, the friend said, uh, I'm not going to argue with about this. He said, if you want to know more about this, just read the Gospel of John. And so he went on his way. And my friend did. And what he realized that in reading the Scripture, that he realized that in Christianity, we're the only faith, quote, religion, or whatever you want to call it, that deals with the issue of sin. In other words, we don't teach in Christianity that somehow or another that you can ascend to be like God, and that you can somehow or another find a way to become so perfect and good that somehow or another you can overcome your sin. No, we, we, we preach and believe as the Scripture that we've talked about in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, the other word that got my attention, I told you in, in the beginning of this, that uh, I came across the Scripture in my daily readings, and that word all jumped out at me. That means everybody. He said, we've all, everybody, we, we've all sinned. That just settles it according to the Scripture. We've all sinned. And then he said, we've come short of the glory of God. And then that word glory got my attention. The glory of God. And, uh, well, we, we think about the, the glories of God in, in, uh, in the heavens. Because uh, you read the book of Revelation, and it talks about being in the throne of God where you have all of these angels and all of these beings, and they're just day and night, just glorifying God. We read about how that uh, it says that uh, they search through heaven to try to find someone to open the title deed to the earth and to loose the seals that are the bands that had bound up this little book that was a title deed to the earth. They said nobody was worthy. And then there came up the cry said, Behold, the mighty lion of the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's Jesus. He said, He's worthy. He's worthy. Because he was sent to the earth to deal with the issue of sin. And the only way he could do that is that he had to live the life as a human without sin. Well, that would seem impossible. But he did it. And then he goes to the cross of Calvary without sin. 
and he becomes the perfect sacrifice. And then he said, look, I prevailed. I did not fail. But all of my friends over here, they did. And I'm going to take their place. And that's what he did. And so in Christianity, the Bible deals with the issue of sin. And the way you deal with the issue of sin is you, you admit that you're guilty. All his sin. We're all guilty. We don't try to hide it. We just admit it. We've sinned. God. God, would you forgive me? And God will say, I will because of my son, because of what he did. Because of what he did, I will forgive you of your sins. And see, the glory of God is simply this. Jesus refers to you and I, the church, as being his bride. He says, the bride of Dorn for his coming. And that brings glory to Jesus Christ because he, he succeeded. Where the first Adam, if you go back to the book of Genesis, he failed, and he succumbed to sin. He, he was not able to stand against the tempter, and he disobeyed God, and he failed. Jesus, who came and became flesh and dwelt among us, he did not fail. He succeeded in living this life. And I find it fascinating the story of Gethsemane and how that, I mean, it all came down that night there in that garden. I mean, it's, it's amazing what Jesus went through. When everything that the devil could throw out to try to cause him to not finish the mission, and he prayed through. And the scripture talks about the the agony of that moment when his, literally he perspired blood. And uh, he came to that point where he said, it's not my will. It's not about me, but thy will. And he goes back out to where his disciples are. And of course, they're, they've fallen asleep. And he said, just go on, sleep. He said, it's finished. It's finished. It's settled. It's settled. And uh, there's your victory, church. There's your victory. There's our victory. And there's the glory. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who succeeded and won for us our salvation. Triumphant Quartet. Go in there. Because of His glory, because of His grace, because of His love. That's the uh, Triumphant Quartet. And um, the words of the song, you sing.
the race is finally won. And I think that's a, an important statement. And uh, he said, I'm going to rest at Jesus' feet on walk on streets of gold. And then the question is, who will go with me? <laughs> and uh, that came to me as I'm sitting here listening to this song. And I've been talking to those of you who have been tuned in and you've stayed with me for the whole broadcast. And I understand radio people come and go. And sometimes they hear, they hear this today. This sounds more like a sermon than it does a talk show. And I understand that. But like I told you, these times I just share my heart. And so I would ask the question that uh, the Triumphant Quartet said, who will go with me? Because, see, I know that I'm a—I'm not only a, a sinner, I'm a knothead sinner. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just a knothead. And I know that, and I know that I'm a flawed individual. I have, I have issues in my life that I have to deal with, like everybody else. I'm not a perfect person. But I do know about God's grace that I do know about his love for me. And he loves me, even as the scripture describes, he loves me when I'm unlovely. He loves me. And he loved me so much that he sent his only begotten son, that if I believe, if I believe, that he will give to me life eternal forgiveness of my sin and I too will someday walk on streets of gold where God is and the question is who will go with me what about you what about you when your course is done here on this life where will you be Ernie Haas' signature sound if this is what God wants I'm sure he wants for you to be in heaven with him. If this is what God says, well, I'm going to tell you what God says. He loves you. He loves me. He loves humanity. He loved us so much that he allowed his son Jesus to die on the cross and the thing is, is that that hasn't changed through the centuries. It has not changed. His love for humanity. I was just reading in the Psalms today, talking about that he knows every hair on your head. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I just I was a little intrigued by that. Every hair on your head is numbered. And... Uh, He's so intimately aware of you and I. He knows our thoughts. He knows our times we go to bed, what time we we get up. He knows all about us, and he he loves us. So I'm going to pray a prayer as we come to the end of the show, and uh, uh, this is referred to as the the sinner's prayer and the prayer of salvation. Because we believe that as Christians, that if we 
ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart and save our soul, that we can say, yeah, I'm saved. And we can speak with confidence and assurance that when our time is done here, and we know, just experience tells us that either we're going to go out of this world in the rapture of the church or we're going to die a natural death or die a death and these bodies are going to expire and then our souls are going to leave our bodies. And the question is, is where will it go? So if you would say, Pastor King, you've helped me to understand, would you pray this prayer with me today? Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that my spiritual eyes would be opened and that I would begin to comprehend spiritual activity around me. Father God, would you forgive me of my sins? It's so, so important that we say that. Father God, would you forgive me of my sins? And would you come into my heart and save my soul? And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. If you prayed that prayer, then I would encourage you to get into a good church somewhere and uh, find a church home that you can be a part of so that you can grow in your faith. And to God be the glory and the praise. Father, I pray over all of those who have listened today. I pray for their families. Father, I pray for our churches, our pastors today. Father God, I pray for peace in this world. I pray for peace in America and peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. And to next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.